All right. Welcome back to the Fitness in Philosophy podcast. Today, we are going to be discussing legacy and fitness. James, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for bringing this topic uh, to light. What, uh, where'd you get the idea? Um, it was a, it was a few things. Um, I, I was thinking through, um, the fact that in uh, something was just coming to me as I was reminiscing about, uh, like being in grad school and the way we would all, you know, identify ourselves as like Aristotelian or Kantian or, you know, just kind of that, that identification in Nietzschean, like a, you know, a, a worldview. Yeah. Um, and it made me think of some of the similarities and, and parallels with um, the the fitness realm and what sort of similarities or differences there are. I think on one podcast episode, I brought up this notion of like, you know, there's a Nobel Prize for physics or there's the Principia for physics, but, you know, is there a Nobel Prize for, for fitness? Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've discussed that before, this notion of like, well, is the legacy of this stuff really to just go back to our evolutionary history? Is there anything new to be learned? And uh, last time, oh, the other thing, I think the other thing that prompted is we had done the AI episodes and we were talking about, you know, what would be the legacy of 2007 James versus, you know, 2022 James right. and these right. different thought products. So those were some of the spurs for that. Yeah, super. Good. Uh, and in our legacy, as we were just discussing before the call, we, this may be the last generation of, of full-on humans to, you know, this this could be one of the last few like pieces of content that isn't AI generated or CRISPR biology generated or metaverse generated or. Yep. Yeah, got another yeah. 10 years before. Before the the pures are no more. Yeah. Then comes the uh the unsullied, I suppose, the, <laughs> the new generation. Um quick things up front, guys, before we get to it. Um if you guys like our show, please leave us a review and tell a friend. Uh we've got some more t-shirts. Uh, if you share our disdain for pickleball and e-bikes you can pick up a couple of those join the resistance uh and, and then we've got a... and also our dislike for illogic right we have more we have more t-shirts we do if you, if you want more if you want things in a more positive like less uh you know uh which is a, which is a disagreement against not thinking and not moving yeah yeah we we like to freely think we like to freely move um you can you can uh have virtue and then you can act and uh you know we've got, we've got that t-shirt as well so for the haters we've got a couple shirts and for the uh yeah. for the builders yeah yeah, yeah. well you could think of it as you could wear it depending upon where you choose to go that day yeah right and it may i don't know if anyone saw this at um what was it the e3 or the car show or the tech expo some tech expo something ces i think it was this year uh mercedes uh they had un unveiled last year like a grayscale car that changed colors and then this year they in they introduced one that like the outside you can change to whatever colors you want so five years from now on t public we will have a we'll just have one shirt that will sell for a thousand dollars and then we'll have all our designs that you can load up as you're going throughout your day mm. I love that. 
I love it for simplicity for me because I would love to have one T-shirt in my closet. Yeah. You know, maybe even T public, maybe, maybe fitness and philosophy doesn't have one t-shirt T public sells one t-shirt uh, and then you can get, you can download any design you want onto it. Oh man. That's a dream. And then the stage 18 cancer or whatever you get from wearing Wi-Fi on your, yep. your yep. person the whole, the whole day. So yeah, I'd be the best. I'd be the highest, uh, earner or the highest, uh, no, no, I'd be the, no, I'd be the person that would wear the most, wear, wear them the most, my own product. Yeah. They'd be over there at T public and they'd be like, it'd be like the early days of the iTunes store where they're like, did someone's kid get a hold of the account? And they're like, they're buying all these tokens. And like, do we have to like, why is there a hundred thousand dollars worth of transactions in three days? <laughs> uh. <laughs> and it's just James listening to like the ping noise of the sale. <laughs> like, <laughs> the bacon t-shirt and the... getting pleasure from it yeah uh that noise after every sale yeah uh like wally <laughs> i don't know if you have you ever heard the uh the apple pay one the little like bing yeah man they must have researched that is there's something totally right it's, yeah. it's so funny chloe and i just discussed this the other day for the air fryer we have an air fryer Mm-hmm. You know what that is component? Yeah. yeah. And at the end of it, when it finishes, it goes ding, 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 ding. So Chloe and I were like, how many people do you think were involved in that project? You know, like engineers and the full team of people is like, listen, we need to have two dings that sound like this when the thing is over. But wait. <laughs> A second and a half later, we need another two dings. And everyone's like, oh, in the meeting room, oh, my God. You know, Stan G. Jobs is like, we need that in 48 hours. <laughs> you know, uh, all for this, all for this pleasurable, like, my food is done. <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, I was like, Dad, you, Dad, Dad, do you think about these things? <laughs> And I was like, honey, you don't even want to know what I think about sometimes, but I need you to know that I do think about those things uh, more so on a deeper level of how hard we didn't have to work to get that food to heat up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, that's too much. You shouldn't be thinking about those things. <laughs> Sorry. Just listen to the dings and be happy. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's uh I think it's LG appliances. I think I had like a washer by them at one point, but like there's like a little show tune. There's like a little ditty. Oh, we got that one. Yeah. Well, there's it, a song it, at the end of the clothes being done. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you could tell it's kind of like computer generated. You know, yeah. this isn't like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Bob Seeger, you know, right. thought process put into that. Right. Uh, yeah. But it's like, ah, that's kind of a jingle, but that's just computer notes right yeah um i mean you're you're probably one of the few other people who i can mention this to who'd actually appreciate it i've i've easily done probably a, a thousand plus in bodies on on people at this point and oh. like if, if i ever have a psychotic break it's gonna be from that song <laughs> and i and we we all have this secret 
uh, serum now amongst those people who know that how to torture the other. Yeah. Because I would put that on on repeat at like 95 decibels. <laughs> and and I just I'd break in like in like 30 <laughs> seconds. It'd be like, no, stop. It would be like <laughs> uh, flashing lights in Afghanistan <laughs> tied behind a chair. And that that song just playing over and over. My I would just crack. Yeah. I remember watching the uh, CCP videos. You could and... get anything out of me. <laughs> anything. <laughs> anything. 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 Just the don't play that song things, again. <laughs> the deepest things will come out <laughs> with that torture. <laughs> I remember watching the CCP videos and we have the uh, 270, I think you guys, or whatever the video oh was. Oh my like, gosh. That 570 or beyond, but like you guys have the, like it's the longer song and I was like, oh yeah. my God, there's a longer <laughs> version. I was like, having palpitations. I was like, we are not getting the advanced version for any reason. <laughs> I don't care what other stuff it shows. Uh, some people said the same thing about the swoosh. The whoosh. I don't know if you remember that far back, but yeah. Oof, good stuff. Oh, Repetition. Yeah, it's like well, I was gonna... like talk about legacy. That's what all my legacy will be is like the Max Hedrum. You know, just just a head on a screen. You know, with that noise. Whoosh. <clears throat> be playing in Times Square. Patterns, pacing. <laughs> I mean, you were talking about the Manchurian candidate. I mean, who knows if uh, in body's parent company, if that's the little ditty that just gets us to yeah. do what this, we need to do. Yeah, this is the other thing we didn't discuss in our pre-talk, but I'll just add to it because it is somewhat today, but is the uh, deep fake uh, thing over time that to add to the whole like what is real, what is not. You know, the future, the, you know, the revolutionary phenotype concept, CRISPR, you know, and this ties into today for uh, legacy because we talk about, we really do talk more so about time um, as opposed to space, but yeah. And I, I did actually like, uh, I think it was a, like as we were having the pre-call one, I did, I did actually think of a, a good space one to talk about um, okay. as well. And then with regard to that point you just made about deep fakes, I mean, an interesting one from pop culture that people may be familiar with that I think relates to this. Um, so people may or may not have heard that uh, uh, Bruce Willis uh, got diagnosed with aphasia. Uh, and then I think he got a deeper diagnosis of prefrontal cortex. Um uh, dementia something to that effect but so he obviously has a film legacy and i think he was one of the first stars to like he sold off his digital likeness to be used in future you know whatever media campaigns are going to be going forward so but that's an interesting one with deepfakes right this notion of like what's your legacy from your actual career versus like what what could happen after that with deepfakes or um I don't know, uh, in, in the, the second more recent star Wars where Carrie Fisher comes back and like, yeah. this is after she's yeah. passed away. So that, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, Man. Fascinating, especially in the digital world to be able to capture the ones and zeros. I just think of Stephen Hawking, if he was born or let's just say there, you know, there was digital 
there was enough digital, you know, capture of Stephen Hawking as a student prior to his uh, issues, physical issues, <clears throat> right? So just imagine all of that, all of that data, and then the the component of the 30, 40, 50 years, right, without having the physical ability, and then tie that into, you know, him presenting in front of a room on this new base of physical support, uh, sorry, digital support, right? You know, because that likeness, you know, would be up in front of the room, and he would just be However, you know, you want to think about it, you know, just just thinking of things and it would be coming out of that at that actual hologram's mouth of that. Right. Just think about that in terms of like the the congruency, the the contextual context around the language, you know, fascinating. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the technology has progressed by leaps and bounds at this point, but I think it was like 2010 uh, Tupac came back at Coachella via a hologram. Mm. to uh to perform it at, at the time it was quite uh quite impressive but yeah just this notion of like you know wh what is one's legacy after one passes away and recreation yeah. of performance and is it a recreation is it a new thing mm. yeah and i don't remember that being in the notes today but we should use that as uh something that's flavored throughout the conversation uh in terms of the future for um you know, previously just speaking about um, Henry David Thoreau, you know, the legacy component there, you used Einstein, right? So, but just imagine if, you know, Einstein's days were, you know, he was, you know, 45 in 2023. And think about that, like, man, yeah. we really are in a very interesting timeline um, that captures an opponent component of legacy for the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing I can almost and then, say. And then secondary, sorry. And then, you know, I think the question we want to continue to ask, does this diminish? Does this diminish the the uh, the things that we appreciate about the unknown of this legacy component that moves on? You know what I'm saying? That we actually yeah. can't get as close as possible to listening to Einstein. Like we can only do it from an old an old video or an old sound recording. You know what I'm saying? And is that better, you know, for a legacy component? Right. Yeah. How did these things get passed down? And I'm I'm sure throughout history there, I mean, even I'm sure with the advent of writing, there were the uh plenty of fuddy duddies or so called who, you know, yeah. well, well, what about the oral tradition? Uh we we lose our memory and uh you yeah. know, we're not we're not we're not as uh and you know, obviously some truth to that, but then there's this notion of like speak throughout the ages a bit more clearly in a way that doesn't rely on telephone. You yeah, know, so it's, it's 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 interesting to think about those uh those uh instances. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say I think something that's almost certainly gonna happen, just given the age you and I are at this point, I think you will probably there will be a digital avatar of you like like Tupac. CrossFit will eventually buy your likeness and be like, hey, the prodigal son has returned to say, you know what, I was in the wilderness <laughs> for this many years. Yeah, and I'm coming back to say that uh, group training out of the hopper, fun workouts, it's, it's the way to go. Yep, I'll I'll rewrite a book. It'll be uh, 50 years from when uh, Henry David Thoreau <laughs> wrote on Walden Pond. Um, I'll find some pond and uh, say that I came back from the pond, and these are the things that I've discovered. You know, the prodigal right. son, as you say, coming back. Um, I'll make a statement right now that I think we're going to get to questioning in different iterations. I think we quite possibly could be at that 
uh, that time in our history of hum of humans uh, of this like really interesting peak of of uh, of I don't know any other way to say it, but the but the the what we can do with the digitized world with our physical evolutionary processes. I think we're at that. So to say, you know, to answer the question you didn't ask, but I think I saw it throughout over time is the what is the legacy component? <clears throat> I think we may be a part of the project of of questioning questioning at the peak of this like holy shit, we really think we're evolving and making things easier for ourselves and we've created this. But what does that mean to the concept of the physicality against the digital world? So I think we may that may be our quote unquote indirect connection to what a legacy could be is we were the people that asked those questions at those times. Now, there's only 25 people who listened to us talking about those questions, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It's another it's a separate thing. Hey, you know what? One of them could be the next Einstein. So just, hey. all, all we need is one. All hey. we need is one, James. Yeah, or anarchist. Yeah, that's true. Burn it all down. Yep. <laughs> burn the burn the <laughs> fake meat labs. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. That's the yeah. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just pulled off of uh, our platforms because that. Did you ever see Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? No. Okay. Hilarious. Another philosophical juggernaut. <laughs> not not quite maybe in the opposite direction but uh yeah there's a scene where uh anthony anderson he's a he, he's manning a drive-through window and he's he's tired of the bullshit he has to deal with at work and he just runs around like throwing down the ice cream machine and the fry machine he's just like burn this motherfucker down pookie burn it down <laughs> that's that's the anarchy uh side of things well see sometimes there's far more intelligence in that than what we think yeah, right. It, it is a philosophical meditation, just indirectly. Mm -hmm. So um, let's start off by talking about legacy and philosophy, and then we'll get to legacy and fitness. So I we haven't maybe we've done this a couple of times, but I don't know that we mentioned it as like a song pairing, but we've mentioned songs in connection with things. But I thought of a a song that I was listening to uh, as I was typing this outline is uh, "Legacy" from Jay Z's album Four Four Four, which is his last, well, currently his last album, and. Uh, yeah, just a, a great song and kind of talks about a lot of these issues. So uh, interesting. YouTube song. legacy video with uh, the prisoner Carter come to sit down, et cetera. That's that's real good. Yeah. So uh, that brings it all together. And I like that you've done this because now there's an expectation. And oh, I'm okay. looking forward to the expectation here forward. I mean, I'm all in, dude, so far in on connecting music to this uh, project. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what is a legacy? Um, start with some dictionary definitions. So amount of money or property left to someone in a will, anything handed down from the past as from an ancestor to a predecessor. Uh, the adjective is more for like technology stuff, like, uh, you know, the legacy iPod or the legacy Mac or something like that. I, I didn't really find any of the dictionary definitions capturing what it is we're going to talk about. So I tried to put into words what we're mostly going to be talking about today. And I bump into other suggestions or emendations. But you could define legacy perhaps as handing down hard-won wisdom and experience to the next generation. 
and or how future generations will think about you. So think about the legacy of Darwin and Einstein is that, you know, biology, I mean, protobiology existed in some form for years and years and years from Aristotle beyond, but like biology, like biology, biology, you know, Darwin, uh, and then, you know, I mean, physics existed before Einstein, but Einstein and quantum mechanics changed the the face of it, changed, changed the legacy. So, yeah. Uh, there's uh i i was just thinking that uh i don't i don't i don't know if that actually like uh diverges us from what we're trying to do with that today but uh maybe you know people could try to find a, a separate word you know that's similar similar to that um but i don't think i'm just speaking out loud what i was thinking i don't think it uh it takes us away from what we're trying to do with the concept of legacy because we can't actually get that, you know, exact definition in how we're going to talk about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think in relation to what you just said, and then those two things I just mentioned before, um, I think when we talk about fitness and health, it will probably rely heavier on that first one, kind of a McIntyre type view where it's like, the monasteries hold on to the Aristotelian wisdom throughout modernity and then like try yeah. to preserve it for the future as opposed to there being, I don't think there's going to be a, a Darwin of fitness or an Einstein of fitness as we've talked about in the past, mm -hmm. precisely because in a lot of ways that, you know, as you've said, the story has been written, the evolutionary biology has been written. What, what is to be done today is more along the lines of like, how do we fit what should be the case within what is the modern case but it's not reinventing or progressing anything so much as it is like, how do we live here inside these four walls, but also get some of that stuff that we have from our evolutionary history. Yeah. Yeah. It's civilization and society and culture that gets in the way of that um, or not gets in the way, but like, you know, cause just to your point on evolutionary uh, biology or similar, you know, more reductionist version of it. <clears throat> um we still have to remember, regardless, you know, there's a lot of people who don't think that's the case, you know, so there's that, right. you know, and that, that gets, you know, society and man and right. Yeah. It doesn't change anything about it being the case, but, no. but, in, no. but in terms of, but in yeah, terms I'm of just bringing, I'm bringing light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just bringing right. light to it. That is like, well, it's a, uh, it's not up for question, but there, there's a, you know, in society, a lot of people think there's, it's still up for question. So it's, right. so there's that, you know, right. And I mean, we can talk about, you know, especially if you wanted to talk about the, the monastery and, and the, uh, the movement, right. The, the language and the movement that goes forward. Yeah. It's. Yeah. And I mean, if we wanted to couch it in other terms, we could just say something like, Hey, you know, 10,000 years ago, however far you want to go back, like uh we didn't have artificial lighting and we were walking around outside on a regular basis and the environment forced us to move for food and like those things no longer exist like me you pretty much everyone else unless you're born into some tribe somewhere like we live in these you know four walls we don't you know being outside is the exception rather than the rural artificial lighting you know all all, all these different things are the that used to be the exception rather than the rule or now the rule rather than the exception yes, about yeah. who we are. So, yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great way to look at it in, in, on the back end of my um, questioning of the definition of it. <clears throat> um, 
philosophy has a pretty significant connection to the idea of legacy in a number of different ways. So on the one hand, philosophy's legacy, you know, there's different philosophies in different parts of the world, but in particular, it's its influence on Western civilization uh, has been a tremendous one throughout the history of uh, ideas. I mean, you know, Locke and Rousseau and uh, Hobbes and things like that had a tremendous influence on, you know, what today is American society and European society and other things like that. Um, on the other hand, philosophy also differs from with, or uh, philosophy also deals with legacies from social, political, cultural, religious, and economic movements from the past and the present and asks, how should we incorporate what we know about these different legacies into like how we should uh, exist today? Um, Another interesting connection that a famous quote that I've always liked. Um, I don't know that I agree with it, but it's kind of an interesting quote. Uh, Alfred North Whitehead famously said, the safest general characterization of the European philosophical tradition is that it consists of a series of footnotes to Plato. And in many ways, I just thought of this as I was saying that, like, you know, one could maybe say something similar about the fitness and health tradition, right? Like every everything that's come since is a series of footnotes to, you know, at whatever point we want to, you know, 50,000 years, there's, there's some point where we say like, Hey, we're bipedal and we're using tools and fire and, you know, stuff like that. Like everything after that's just kind of a series of footnotes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I smile a lot at that. I think it's just the, 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 the tilt in me towards some of those traditional things, you know? Um, uh, but I also thought of the, uh, the, I'm not, I'm not sure if you, you purposely wrote that down as legacy and philosophy for that, but because um, there's the, which you just included in your words there, um, but I'm just mentioning it and voicing it because I found it interesting. There is a legacy component of philosophy that we could look at, right? To 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 kind of, as a base support of, as a legacy of anything, you know, and say, what what is that? And, you know, and now, you know, to bring it to, a slight different term um philosophy is required is required to define legacy and to define you know ideas that move forward so it's it's funny that you, we could look at it it's not funny but i guess it's interesting that we could look at it in a different ways that we could look at it as the to repeat you know phil philosophy does have a legacy and then it's required <laughs> in order to define legacy. So working back on itself, you know, um, around ideas and et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's legacy is it's 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 the birthplace of a lot of different things that split off from it eventually, like science used to be natural philosophy, math and logic. Um, I think we also talked about in previous episodes how the notions of truth and democracy and autonomy and justice and honor and virtue, you know, obviously I'm sure throughout our evolutionary history and due to our biology, there are proto versions of these things, but there's a certain point in history where they kind of bubble up and we try to ask like, Hey, what are these things and how do they stand the test of time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just thought about based on uh, kind of our, our pre-recording conversation that I thought was interesting, you know, you were talking about kind of, you know, philosophical outlooks on life and imparting that to future generations. One interesting thing about philosophy and legacy is that some of the greatest philosophical legacies actually come from people who like completely disagree with each other, like on so many, you know, Plato and Aristotle, 
yeah. you know, teacher, teacher and student, uh, you know, human Kant's, uh, Locke and Leibniz, uh, Russell and Wittgenstein. Like, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, like this, um, uh, Kant and Hegel, um, these different, uh, this, this idea that like, through someone crafting their own philosophy, someone else can give birth to, to their own separate and distinct philosophy that couldn't have come about without that legacy of the other person. So it's kind yep. of interesting. Yeah, for sure. That ties in heavily to our conversation we'll get to around fitness legacy. Right. Yeah. Um, unlike philosophy, there are certain fields where legacy isn't really as important. I mean, it's it's acknowledged and, you know, people will, you know, in physics, they'll acknowledge that, you know, that Newton and Maxwell existed, of course, and, you know, as a historical note, but no one in a physics and biology department today is seriously studying Aristotelian physics or biology. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of the history of philosophy of science, but physics or biology proper has no interest in whatsoever in them, as opposed to philosophy, where there really is this regular, like, how would Aristotle comment on our politics of today? How would Spinoza comment on our politics and morality of today? Like there's this constant reinterpretation and, you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I really like looking at it that way. Um, in terms of questions of legacy that will carry over into the, um, uh, fitness conversation, um, you know, there's some interesting questions here about time progression within your own life, you know, and we'll talk about this later as well. Should your undergraduate thesis be considered your true, true worldview? You know, we, we've seen this, especially today with uh, certain elements of the culture. Oh, my gosh. Someone wrote an op-ed back when they yeah. were a sophomore student yeah. in uh, in undergrad. And like, yeah. you know, well, that that's that's their worldview. And now we're yeah. going to now we're going to, you know, get on them because of that. So yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, you know, as I'll talk about in just a second with Kant, should the last things you say be considered your true worldview? So like. The, the this this the central question here is how big a role should the temporal location of what you say in your life play on your legacy? As as I'll talk about with Kant in just a minute, you know, Kant didn't really write his most famous work until he was fifty seven. He, he would have been a footnote in history, um, and in, even then, like some people think he got to his best stuff when he was nearing his his last days. So that's that's the time progression within your own life question. And then the question about like, what happens after you die? To a large extent, your legacy is largely in the hands of your family, friends, and followers after you pass away. Yeah. It's not necessarily you. Yeah. So, you know, two philosophy examples here would be Hume and Nietzsche. Uh, so Hume, you know, famously said that his treatise of human nature, his, you know, the equivalent of kind of his critique of pure reason fell stillborn from the press during his lifetime. And yet today he's considered one of the greatest philosophers of all time. And uh, Nietzsche, unfortunately and incorrectly, got associated with National Socialism and anti-Semitism, largely due to um, his sister's affiliations with, you know, proto versions of that, of those uh, movements. So, yeah, it does make you think about uh, what ne- what needs to be available in the culture for people to suss out exactly, um, you know, what what could be true or what could be the things that they came up with that are actually going to continue to move forward as opposed to just, you know, thinking about all the personal flaws of that particular person. What I mean is that, you know, I just try to use who'd you say, oh, Nietzsche's, uh, you know, at the time, is it possible that you jump forward 40 years? You see, I'm saying that people may be like, well, it wasn't that important. You know, I'm saying about his sister's connections and et cetera. So there's very interesting 
you know, what is happening at the culture at that time that allows those things to permeate, which brings us back to our point, which we'll, we'll, you know, get to is this idea of, you know, faith or belief in the, in the fitness realm concept. Um, and how do we, how do we jump around that or like, let, let that stuff stick in today. So they're quote unquote, isn't this hidden for hidden version of a legacy as time goes by. I couldn't also forget to think of, uh, I think it was Carl Sagan's daughter, I believe that wrote a more recent book or she did a interview a little while ago. I could be completely wrong on this, but, uh, and I was just listening to a 19, what year was it? 1984, 1994 presentation, um, uh, by Sagan. Uh, and, um, man, so many, so many really, really, I was just, I just found them really good ways of going about this, these big problems. He used to make it sound so simple. Like this, this is where you set your mind up to go about. And anyways, I can go on and on. Same thing with Hitchens. You know, I, I, you know, if, if, uh, there's, there's no one around to your point, there's no one around that is, and even his brother is like against his perspective and idea. So there's no one around that, um, is going to write a book. Like I just got, thankfully, you know, uh, um, you know, how Hitchens ideas would actually help a whole bunch of things today, but that, that that's someone who is not connected to him. So, you know what I mean? The people were not even going to read it because they're like, ah, you know, he scorned this individual and I like that he's on our side. And so therefore I can't read it. You know what I'm saying? So I just, I just wanted to think about that maybe for a second. Um, and also make the statement, maybe it's the, maybe it's the observation of the entirety uh, of that person's contributions that we should take into consideration for what that legacy means. It's the entirety of it. I think people would learn a whole lot more as an example just thinking of um, um, someone, uh, Glenn Lowry. Do you know Glenn Lowry? I don't know. Okay, well, um, he's writing a memoir uh, upcoming, and it's really good because he has changed his opinion, you know, uh, on a, a number of different things. Over his 30, 40 years, he's an economist at, at Brown University, I think. Huh? Um, and he's changed his views, right? You know, significant. Lee. <laughs> um, but it's that collection at the end, right? Coming from not only his voice that I think we, if we could observe, that would be very helpful in that definition of the legacy component. But like you said, there's that one little spot in the, in now the digital platform that gets, that gets uh, blown open. Yeah, no, I think there are a number of good points there. Uh, a few things come to mind. One is the notion of technology and its relation to legacy. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, this notion, like, especially with text, right? Think about like the birth of text, being able to speak throughout the ages, you know, oral traditions are interesting and, you know, they, you know, the Iliad and the Odyssey and different things like that, that eventually got written down. But, you know, we all know the game telephone, right? Um, there's something about uh, text that can now be spoken throughout the ages. Now, of course, there are issues with that too, you know, whether it be translations with the Bible or understanding the cultural milieu of that particular era and trying to understand particular words. But there's something about blocks of text that can speak to, you know, Plato can speak to people 2,500 late, 2,500 years later. Yep. Um, the second thing in relation to your point about like, you know, uh, either Hitchens or just someone where like 
there's like a dip in interest in the person. One of the most interesting things about the history of philosophy I find, and this is how, you know, I guess philosophers perpetually make their work is like someone comes to prominence, uh, they get really famous, you know, say a Wittgenstein or something like that. And then they kind of fall out of philosophical favor for 20, 30 years. People are like, uh, forget him. And 30 years later, oh, this dude was for God. Look at how many solutions to the, you know, and then people go back and they read it and it's like, whoa, uh, you know, like McIntyre and Aristotle, that, that type of thing. So it's interesting how those things can be, um, reinvigorated or re-energized after you go through these cycles of like, popularity and interest and then yeah. kind of reinterest yeah. and reinterpretation. Yeah. I'll give individuals a book uh, to give you some touching point on that. It's called the fourth turning. I just finished reading it. Um, and it will give people a little bit of a framework to work with as to why those ups and downs happen over time relative to differences in generations and these big crisis periods that we have and how, the, the world is reflected differently based upon those periods, right? So we just give it us a more recent one, you know, post 9-11 versus post January 6th, right? Like there's, you know, everyone's like, oh, similar kinds of stuff. It's like, well, let's talk about that. You know, what do you mean by that in terms of like its its cultural impact, et cetera, right? And how it spreads out. So the fourth turning would be that. And then uh, I couldn't help but think, and this is the, the th first thing I wrote down when you brought it up and you said we were going to talk about it today is you just made me see through what I was getting caught in with regards to legacy. Cause a lot of people have asked me that question, right? Either the final question on an episode or something, you know, what do you want your legacy to be? And my, my, my learnings over time was that uh, I didn't really know how to answer it. So I kept asking myself, well, why don't I know how to answer that? And it was because I was, I was fearful of the ego egotism that's stuck inside of what I would want to have in place that affected people over time. But you just made me see through that, that it's got nothing to do about what you think or care about what you leave. It's how the future culture sees that. And if it comes to light and then yeah. it's impact, right? So that could be a component of legacy. So I uh, appreciate that. The, you did that without you even knowing you did it to help me with because i thought that was the core that was the core thing around it you know what i mean I, i'm not around <laughs> i'm not gonna be around to see it so what how can i speak about it <laughs> right i was like well you're not gonna get experience i'm not gonna get pleasure from it i'm not gonna be like oh look at all those people down there <laughs> you know uh loving you know lifting rocks and being in the sun be like oh how do we come to know this i don't know it just happened back in these times people were talking about it when this digital the computers were getting better and and there was this group of humans that were that were thinking pull-ups were the were the biggest the important thing and then it was like ah, and all of a sudden it's like yeah the pull-ups are the important thing you know <laughs> who are these people Of course, me being me, I know nearly every line to the Matrix, and I'm just thinking about that Morpheus speech to Neo. When when the Matrix was first created, there was a man born inside named James who said that uh, walking and lifting rocks was the way to go, and he was the first who freed the freed the first of us, taught us the truth. <laughs> Ever since then, the Oracle prophesized his return. <laughs> hey, is... hey, you know how I I love that. I you know I, I'm okay with the uh, the, the the horns sounding. <laughs> The second coming of James. <laughs> well, I mean, we're joking, but think about the newest technology, right? Over time, mm -hmm. 
and deep fakes and like connecting to that and my digital platform like this, you know, it's not impossible. There will be a V for Vendetta level anarchist who will have used all of these recordings we've done and will who be who will be like rallying against the metaverse and the exoskeletons and like well, you know, it'll yeah. be Zaruk Zaruk James back to James. Yeah, you, you know where I uh yeah, I contemplate those things all the time. I mean, this is the 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 sad, you know, but but uh you know, the current timelines of that is, you know, goes back to uh, warfare and the future of warfare, right? So, you know, people were like, oh, you know, you can't, you know, you're not going to be able to take over that land or this idea if you don't have, you know, guns and people. And it's like, well, you know, you're, you're, you're forgetting, you know, what the capabilities are inside of the digital world. And also you can embed these particular ideas in that digital world, you don't need guns and you don't need that in order to make that happen, you know? So anyways, I just, I just want to make point of, of that recognition that that is, you know, I do think about those things, right? I do think about things. What does that, what does that look like for the future of what our age old, you know, get the soldiers on the front line and you move over here and you do these things. Like we do need to have a conversation, although it's not applicable to us about what that's going to look like in 50 years when that, uh, quote unquote, you know, warfare is uh, through the digital mind or through digital world, you know, right, just through different bots being, you know, controlled remotely. And yeah, yeah. by ideas, right. And people are like, I'm not I'm not getting what you're throwing down. Uh, don't look as far as chat GPT right now. And what could come about at the right particular time, right at the right particular time, for a particular president, perhaps that we we would or may dislike, that all of a sudden is speaking to an audience and saying something that sways a whole lot of people, but it actually didn't happen. Yeah. So see, that's where it's like, well, that's not possible to happen. Come on, man. Oh yeah, it's absolutely possible. Yeah. Totally possible, right? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah um what's that is that legacy if it actually didn't happen <laughs> uh well uh, if, i guess i guess if he ordered it to happen that wrench yeah right if he ordered it to happen it would that's be part right. of his legacy that's right um a couple other things to mention before we hop to fitness i just thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk about a particular you know concrete historical example of legacy with uh kant you know just going back to this notion of like um writings and one's body of work uh cambridge you know, certainly doesn't do this for every philosopher, but for for Kant, there's the Cambridge edition of the works of Immanuel Kant in English, and it's probably ten thousand pages, twenty volumes, something just insane. I mean, really, like you know, when we think about that body of work, seventeen twenty four to eighteen. Have you read that? I've read significant portions of that. I haven't I haven't read all twenty volumes, but I mean, I've I've read significant portions. I mean, I've read all three of his critiques. I've read a lot of the. Is is well? I guess there's another interesting way to talk about his stuff. His uh, his stuff is broken into three divisions: uh, the pre-critical writings, the critical, referring to the three critiques, the critique of pure reason, critique of practical judgment, and or practical reason, excuse me, and uh, critique of judgment, and then the post-critical. That's kind of the way. And again, talk about legacy. Like, is is Kant thinking about you know his 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 critical period before he? wrote it is he thinking about his post-critical period like no this is what people go back and then characterize his stuff once it's all done 
So it's, Gosh, it's that it's hurts my brain. Yeah. It's well, uh, it also hurts a little bit because I, I keep seem to think about, you know, how ideas could possibly need this amount of like thinking and reflection and putting on text and et cetera. But how many people are actually going to, uh, are going to take the time to go through that as opposed to this much smaller text <laughs> right. of 10 things, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that kind of gives me uh yeah, that doesn't make me feel too good. Um, yeah, I just I also think about, uh, you know, you know, purposeful bills that are written, you know, that are 3000 pages long that people, but they're written to not read through. Like they're written so that people can't read through them in the time in which the bill needs to be decided upon. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it kind of gives me that irky feeling like, oh gosh. Um, Cause I'm sure you would say that, well, there's so many good things in there that humans should contemplate. You know, and like even take some time to think about even one area, let's say on pure reason. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. Like... Kant's the, uh, I mean, the League of Nations, Wilson, like that's what eventually becomes the UN. That's, you know, I mean, I'm sure it has proto versions elsewhere, but that comes from Kant and yeah. the notion yep. of autonomy and a number of things. And unlike a 3000 page bill where like they're trying to purposely obscure and delay things like this dude is just writing in a cottage in the middle of, you know, what is now Kaliningrad or Konigsberg. <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, that's what I'm thinking about is uh, sorry. I shouldn't get stuck on that for our time for this particular time, but uh, that hurt. Um, but it also makes me think about, you know, the, uh, the guardrails that I need to personally put in place before I want to do a reduction version of simplicity of a small book of 10 things, you know, yeah yeah but it's i mean it's 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 very you know and obviously this isn't the norm i mean this is like on a newton level in terms of the the volume of work and things like that but it's it's astounding and um you know so a couple interesting things here so you know kant wrote his greatest work the critique i mean well what i what i consider what many consider is the greatest work to be the critique of pure reason at age 57 this was after his so-called silent decade from 47 to 57 where he's just like He's not chilling, but like literally coming up with like, it's like Newton inventing the calculus to do the physics kind of stuff. Or it's I like mean, me sitting and reading for 10 years. So I'm, I'm on the fourth year of that. So I'm not, not in any way, shape or form thinking about that in comparison, but in comparison only of this, like, uh, what's that period called where educators take time? A sabbatical sabbatical right like a, i feel like i'm on the fourth year of a decade sabbatical yeah absolutely um and while i don't know about kant's proclivities for lifting rocks we do know that famously you know if, if people know a few things about kant they know that he was very famous for like doing uh very consistent walks throughout the day and yeah. sort of interesting connection yeah to the i always loved that about the two k's kierkegaard same way and they would reflect upon that you know and their appreciation right. for that physical expression and um, at least to speak about it. Yeah. Right. And I guess another interesting connection that, I mean, just as you bring that up, I was about to say like, you know, what if he, like many other people during his time passed away before his age, would his legacy be merely a footnote in the history of philosophy? Like Kierkegaard yeah. passed away in his early forties. Yeah. So if Kant passed away in his early forties, like, and what else did Kierkegaard have left? Yeah. Yeah. So, super interesting. 
Exactly. And Henry David Thoreau, who I've been reading, you know, passed away at 44. Imagine if he lived till he was 90. The contributions in reading after another 40 years, right, of Ralph Waldo Emerson and him kind of doing this back and forth in terms of uh, trying to come up with this, you know, society and minimalization and and the mesh between that. I mean, that would have been fascinating, too. So what's left in the legacy? The legacy is, you know, spend some two years in the woods and reflect upon (laughs) the pond and nature and simplicity and solitude, you know, but you didn't get to live 30 years where you could have been embedded inside of cities and society and et cetera, and find all the wonderment and, and stuff that could grow humans in that as well. If anyone knows, you know, you hope they're picking that up, but yeah, you just raise a really interesting point. Um, for, for people to think about. Um, Kant famously wrote a ton of really amazing and interesting works. The three main ones are the critique of pure reason on, you know, I would say cognition, math, and science, uh, the critique of practical reason, which has to do a lot more with morality and religion, and the critique of judgment, which is more about biology, art, and, and teleology, or the study of ends and purposes and goals. Uh, but the interesting, I mean, that's just sort of interesting sort of historical note there, but, but what's, What's relevant for our discussion of legacy is that there are a number of uh, Kantians uh, who maintain that, you know, the critique of pure reason is is the best and everything after just kind of gets progressively crazier. Um, and meanwhile, I actually like I with my dissertation advisor, I did like a, a study of what's called his opus postimum, which is essentially a bunch of like notes written as he's about to die, that as you're reading it, it's like, this is either the like the newest discovery or like the craziest thing, like as he's about to pass away, um, who thinks some of his most interesting work are is created really in the later years when he's kind of already made it and is able to go uh, past that um, original stuff. So that's an interesting question of legacy. Yeah. And then and, um, there's the other question. Uh, there are a lot of philosophers who think, and I would probably maybe put myself in this, camp as i imagine spears being thrown at me as as i say this uh but although there are a lot of people who i respect who, yeah. who, who, I, who i respect who studied you know fichte Schell, and hegel but after kant passed away the german idealists came to prominence fichte Schelling, hegel and there was a movement later in the 1800s centered around this idea of what's called zeruch zu kant uh, back to kant uh namely that german philosophy had taken a very long wrong turn tarnished Kant's legacy and the path back to truth was through Kant and in particular through the critique of pure reason. So again, whether one studies Kant or not, or is familiar with it, it's this interesting concrete example of like how someone who has this massive body of work, you can then put different emphases on like, what is his legacy? You know, you said earlier, like we should try to make it the collective body of work, but then there are questions of like relative importance. What if, what if one part of the body of work contradicts the other, right? Um, and then obviously the people who come after and how they interpret it. Yeah. I, uh, so as a, as an appreciation to that, and I guess an homage to, you know, Kant as well as your work in that, um, I do appreciate when I saw it, you know, I didn't know, um, for your use of it for a historical example, but it does, um, it does because you're you're actually you're actually doing you're actually doing a legacy you're actually acting out the legacy component of Kant you know within this episode within you taking the time to go through that so it's it's a 
it's a really interesting way to, you know, that I appreciate anyways, not only just having the knowledge around Kant, but also saying like, I wouldn't be speaking about it if there wasn't a legacy. <laughs> and and so that's why I'm bringing it up. So I really, I appreciate that because uh, I'm, you know, increasing my knowledge of it. I, of course, could not help but think of a t-shirt <laughs> that says back to Kant. <laughs> Let's bring it back. I mean, I, I'm all for that. Uh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know how to, how to uh, argue with the Licht, Lichtensteiners or whatever, um, if that's the incorrect name. Someone meets me on the street, you're like, oh, da, 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 da. They're like, ah, there's an e-bike shirt. <laughs> Just back to Kant. That's all they need to hear. Back to Kant. <laughs> um, yeah, and I see. Uh, you know, we see the same thing applied in uh, politics today, which is fine. Is is fairly interesting. Like, why do we see not the same way, but back to Reagan shirts. Like we don't see the shirts, but we hear this, you know, we hear this coming about right now with this, with the political movement today and the, 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 the new right, the, the realignment of things, the illiberal stuff, the, the po political identity extremes, et cetera. Like you hear this come about. My whole point being is that it's another example of how, if we just watch things and let them go by the culture, the culture will raise up this opportunity for this legacy to come to light, right? And uh, just my whole point to connect all those things. Number one, I appreciate you going through that with Kant. But number two, um, maybe in 2045, like the back to Kant shirts are like are mad popular. Do you see my point? Is like because there's something that happens that you know, and you were a part of that. Right. You were part of that. It's like, no, read you. Re we really need to read this. And then people are reading stuff that you said we really need to read. And then they go back, 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 back. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it does make you think, you know, on a if you if everyone can be kind about it, the you know, the concept or contributions of Karl Marx. Right. So why is Karl Marx all of a sudden in 2023 like you can't even take next steps in terms of contributions? Right. But why is that the case? <laughs> you know, it's just something for you to ask, right? So what's the legacy component of that? Well, we can't talk about the legacy component because of this, 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 this. Like, what, uh, what do you mean? That's what also brings up in my mind, you know? Right. Um, certain things, yeah, certain things like that are like touching the third rail, like just even uttering the name. Oh, yeah. Talk about. Yeah, it's like. Like right now with uh, in the fitness landscape in terms of Greg Glassman, you know, it's it's the the further and further we get away from it it being that particular moment of extraction and breaking um you know it does it does make you and this is a segue of course in our future stuff of fitness and legacy it does make you then think about you know what are we going to connect to the contributions or are we going to just you know wash that but we can't this is my answer to my my question there is the digital world won't allow it so and right. That's and where then, it's different. Yeah, that's that, is, that different. is where that is where it's different. But then even I mean, even with text, I mean, you, you get it with the digital stuff, too. But even with text, what do you do if, you know, at one point in someone's life, you know, they say X and then, you know, 10 years later, they say not X, like P and not P like that. That's a logical contradiction. Do you know what I mean? Like Kant and other philosophers like this, this happens to them, right? That at one point they're like, oh, no this thing is certainly the case or this thing is certainly not the case. And then 10 years later they say, Oh no, 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 it is the case. So how do we like, what do we do there? What, what has precedent, the earlier stuff, the later stuff, 
if the later stuff is more attached to their significant contributions? How do we make sense of the fact that even within their own works, there are these internal inconsistencies that aren't necessarily inconsistencies so much as progressions of thought, yes. evolution of thought. Yes. So, um, and then well, I, don't I guess- I have an answer to that one, but I, I do know there's lots of questioning going on in 2023 for- pretty clear objective things well we're going to talk about it in the uh in the jamesian case okay we're gonna, cool. we're going to talk about it so i guess Good. little teeny thing before we get to fitness and legacy you know we've got kantian aristotelian cartesian Leibnizian. uh what, what what do you want your you want fitzgeraldian jamesian what, what's 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 God. the um just because it can remove my remove my name from it maybe it's opexian opexian okay yeah, with capital O P E X I A N small, because otherwise, with the big O and the P E X I A N small, it just looks weird. Opexian. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Augustinian is pretty close to Augustinian, so it's you know. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah. The way you say that just uh, comes off much better than Fitzgeraldian. My brother at one point he wanted to make a series of shirts like uh, "In Gust We Trust." Uh, uh, different different like uh plays like gust me like trust me uh, no you don't you think that i have not written this down as a future t-shirt opportunity um <laughs> yeah uh what that what did that just make me think about too was um oh darn what was it i'll come back to it okay yeah. um so with fitness and legacy I have, I have a number of different questions here i guess before i launch into it, i just want to ask was there any one or ones that kind of interested you more than others or that you want to start off with or if not uh, I can start off with the first few that we have no not so much uh, i'm gonna pause for okay. a second though i'll be right back okay cool okay uh, so let's talk nothing about... in particular okay yep. so let's talk about fitness and legacy so um in philosophy physics and biology there can be genuine legacies in the sense that new ways of thinking fundamentally alter the way people think in the future. Think of, uh, you know, the easy examples are Darwin and evolution, Einstein and general relativity, so on and so forth. Um, but can there be such a thing as a legacy within fitness besides something like what we were saying earlier, different ways of getting back to our evolutionary heritage of physical expression? So if you think, like we've suggested in previous episodes, that there's no real progress to be made in fitness or health and by that, I just want to clarify, we mean the practice yeah. of fitness and health. Like yeah. there's certainly been progress in terms of understanding the, you know, say mechanisms of inflammation and things like that uh, in the past hundred yeah. years. But we're talking about the practice of fitness health. It's hard to see how on the face of it, a fitness leader could have a legacy beyond something like back to the evolutionary framework. Um, you know, so what do we say about people like, you know, uh, Jack LaLanne, Greg Glassman, Mark Ripito, Ido Portal, or I mean, Erwan, Erwan Lecrae, uh, like, and there are a bajillion others, but, um, you know, there's this interesting question here of like, and maybe some people would disagree with us here, but like, if one buys the thesis that there's really nothing new to be taught or found out about the practice of health and fitness, really just different ways of fitting it into our modern world. Is there a further legacy to be had within that? And any thoughts there? Yeah. A lot. First thing I, you know, I think about, we're just, uh, well, I just think that because it's the present time and you've used present day names, I think it's tough to it's tough to answer that. Um, 
because because we know even Jack Lane, you know, he he's a little bit better, I think, because I would throw like you know Bill Starr, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, those names maybe into it. Um, and then you could probably, I think, answer that answer your first question a little bit more clear, you know, so let's just take the, you know, stretch our brains a little bit and go to 2,123. So it's a hundred years from now, you know, and just make a prediction, right? Make a prediction to say, you know, well, you know, what was going on at that period of time between, you know, uh, post world war two, um, with, uh, this, sexual freedoms and sexual and uh, and quote unquote you know uh freedoms and liberations that were happening in in the united states that kind of bubbled up this this uh you know uh fitness as aesthetic and uh, and uh the lifestyle as aesthetic look at me i got all this time on my hands to be at the beach you know lifting weights and building my muscles <laughs> But but there was there's something more in that because it was connected then to Hollywood and it was connected to, you know, uh, the culture. Right. So I think I think if you go to that far away, then I, I, I'm just feeling in my perspective, there's a little bit more to chew on in terms of, well, well, what is that? What what was that? And so if it was if it was something then we can hum and haw over a legacy component of it being something. And I would say it was the birth. Uh, and I think really, in my opinion, we're at the peak of that. It was the birth of that connection between media and physical expression. And we are currently in that area of the media and physical expression chasm uh, and us going, is this, are, you know, are, are, we're evolving to make all this shit easier. So it raises some questions. Um, and I don't know if I answered or even started us down the road to answer the second part of your question of, is that Agushi actually a legacy component? I think in a hundred years time, it will be because we would be a part of then the people that were like, hey, we got some questions on some of these things that we have known to be true in physical, physical shit and biology for a long time. And then we saw this digital technological age come through and we're inside of it and we're learning how to deal with it. We got some questions, right? right. Um, so I think that's, that's the quote unquote, the legacy component will be for us. I think as of right now, <laughs> you know this is you know synthetic wombs and chat gpt 10 years down the road it's like right. oh, you know and crispr um i think we're, we're just the ones that uh that's the legacy asking the questions what should we do about it what do we what do we do you know uh you know write it write a ten thousand uh page uh text on um you know what what should we do about this? You know, and if there's anything inside of there which we've always talked around, that's the like the main thing that's kind of worthy in pursuit is what do we do about this reality? Like what do we what do we do about it? You know, and not being afraid of coming up with what we see as the answers when we observe those things. I think that's the 
that's the that's the big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, it's it's definitely a number of, of good points. And it does start to answer that question about the legacy. And you were mentioning the fact that these were, you know, in a lot of ways, modern characters. And I think that highlights the fact that like, well, this is born out of the fact that something that for all of our evolutionary history was our birthright, necessitated by the environment, ceased to be so. And, you know, there wasn't like one moment where it ceased to be so, you know, over the course of different years, it did. But I don't think 1900 or thereabouts is an unfair, like maybe perhaps tipping point or pretty, pretty darn close for a lot of different things, whether it's artificial lighting and manufacturing and being more indoors and like, and then that's where you get these people where it's like, Hey, Holy crap, this thing that we were doing for all of our history, you know, whether it's Jacqueline or uh, whoever, you know, saying like, Whoa, all this stuff that we used to have to do to maintain who we are, we no longer have to do. And these people are, you know, kind of the canaries in the coal mine talking about we we feel like we're careening towards progress in all these different areas, which in a lot of ways we are in certain areas, but in a lot of ways for health and fitness, we're going backwards because of this new environment that we've created and their legacy. The, maybe the reason, you know, and I, I don't know the history well enough. Maybe there was some version of a Jack Lane 400 years ago in Russia. I, I really, I don't, I don't know, but perhaps the reason why someone like that didn't exist or didn't exist as much was because you didn't have as much of a push in this very hard push in the other direction of like, we are no longer physically fit and healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. So you just answered that question. I think that it didn't become, it didn't become, yeah, it was, I think I was trying to think of like the, the fifth Germany in 1500s up to 2023 and for hundreds of years after it's just like, well, there's not going to be, there's not going to be the Jack lanes or even conversations on that. Cause if you got, if you remember the old Jack Lane videos, what's the first thing he started with all the time, you know, uh, Americans are fat and we're lazy. So therefore <laughs> all this shit, exercise all day and have vegetable juices and look at me if you you know you can live this long et cetera, et cetera. so um i think you're right there it's the reflection of looking around and being like is this progress <laughs> you know because I, I don't know what does progress mean right oh well you know we've evolved to learn these things to make things easier okay if we have you know so i think it's just re your your, your ideas make me bring up a um, the reignition of that thought of, you know, at the height of, let's take that timeline, 1500 to 2023 of industry, uh, medicine, automation, technology, and thought, right? And now you combine all that together, you know, I think, I think we are at that really critical period, what I guess uh, Harari calls uh, homo deus or homo informa informatius or whatever is like this, this, yeah, it's the questioning. Yeah, our legacy will be we questioned this balance between analog and digital. Yeah. And where does the human expression, human physical expression fit into there? That will be our legacy. Right. And as, and will we be seen in 100 years as <laughs> fuddy-duddies who were clamoring against the 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 uh, progress of technology or as, hey, some, something's been amiss and, uh, you know, 
we're, we're, there's a gigantic gigantic tsunami coming uh are you are, are you ready type thing yeah uh, I think it'll be the former. <laughs> I think we'll be. Probably. You know, I, I, I have no problem with being called the fuddy duddy when I'm not here. <laughs> um, now, whether that, of course, that's true. And, and again, that goes that goes back to exactly the point about legacy is like, right. You, so you could it could be the case that, you know, the majority of people think one thing at one particular time and then 50 or 60 years hence, they're like, holy shit. We thought that because we were so enamored with all this technology stuff. And then we're 56 years hence seeing the results of it. And it's like, oh, no, you know, James is right or whoever uh, in, in that in that context. Yeah, I, I keep I keep thinking about these guys that work out here eight hours a day um, building this, you know, uh, roundabout around the air park. Uh, these guys have been there for it seems like two years in a row, eight hours a day, like all the time, you know, head down face masks on for basically the the shitty air purposes they have the dirty air from the planes and the dirty air from all the dust and etc but um just think just think about that as, as as an idea of generations of those people so those people live a whole life of career in that and then they spawn other people that are going to do the exact same thing right i just i just keep thinking about you know in in all of those conversations of all those families, if no one's connecting the dots here, no one is talking about uh, lifting weights. So now all the reason why I just bring that up, it's 2023. But when I go and have discussions with these guys, you know, around like, well, what do you do? You need a snack, or we got water? We want coffee breaks? Are you allowed to have coffee breaks? Do you you want to come in and work out? You know, I, I know before I ask the question, what the answer is going to be, because I work with these people. I work with these people back in Calgary. Um, they think exercise is the stupidest thing. You know, my whole point, just to kind of raise people's ideas to that, is that. It's the it's the act of physical expression during the day that they need to do to put food on their kids' tables. Do you see what I'm saying? They're not reflecting upon it like, oh, is this burning enough calories? Is this keeping me anti-inflammatory? Right. You see what I'm saying? So I think that's the that's also the the I guess the darker area in the room is that during this whole period of time up until the year 2153. That's why I think we'll be fuddy duddies that people look back and be like, man, they put a lot of energy and effort <laughs> into trying to figure out, you know, how to, how to maximize human potential. This, and I'm, of course I'm giggling because I do find it funny that there's so much effort inside of it. Yet there was like generations of road workers who were extremely healthy and vital. <laughs> I don't know. Just anyways, that's, that was on my brain from what you had mentioned. Yeah. And I mean that, but that gets to something crucial that we talked about with technology and with AI and like this, this notion that I keep coming back to and, you know, moral luck and this notion of like, well, yeah, and I don't, I don't know what the time horizon is on road workers, but it's probably, I don't know, another 30, 40 years, yep. the environment, just like it does for us will necessitate that they no longer exist as road workers. There yep. will be robots or what have you doing it just like today, the environment necessitates that, you know, division of labor uh, in order for us to be able to, you know, do intellectual work or what have you on computers and things like that. We aren't physically expressing on a regular basis. So we need to figure out like, well, what do we do for our biology in that world? Like the road workers now aren't going to be the ones who choose at a societal level yeah. whether road workers will exist 
in the future. Like there will be yeah. companies that decide like, hey, there are going to be these bots that are doing the road work instead. And then they're going to be SOL. But like, how do they physically express yeah. in, that, uh-huh. in, that, in that world? And that's what we're kind of in right now with our yeah. own stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to be... Uh... That's gonna be yucky. <laughs> a whole ton yeah. of whole ton of people uh wanting to do work that or you know, they can't do work because there's no work to do. Right. Because it's be it's automated, you know, no trash pickup, no one's driving the vehicle for trash pickup, you know, no one's painting the home. Like it, you know, all all yeah. of that. All of that. Yeah. Right. Um that does bring a little bit more concern. Um, yeah. you know, not, you, it's not the first time I, I have thought about it besides you're just mentioning it there, but that raises a little bit of concern. Um, I couldn't help, but also think about what in reality, what currently actually really is happening is people, um, some people, <laughs> some, I don't know the numbers, but it is happening where people are recognizing this love for, you know, nature and, and the physical universe and, and, uh, you know, quote unquote, getting outside and recognizing, hey, we can have a single income and live there because all I need is my computer. You know, let's take the steps to kind of go over there because all that's required for me to, quote unquote, have cash in the bank or buy bricks of gold that I can store in that room is just like how well I come up with ideas and punch these keys. Right. I'm not actually, you know, what I'm saying so why not? move to a neighborhood in Indiana, you know, and, and offer up your knowledge to DC, but stay in Indiana, you know, right. and, you know, saying, so it, that's the, and, and so think about that, you know, and extrapolate that in another 30 years with another, you know, a lot of people, <laughs> gosh, you know, what, what, what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? How do we, fit what is a necessary part of at least for the current time being until CRISPR changes us around is a necessary part of who we are like our biology and like lifting rocks and walking like how do we fit that into well I live within four walls the vast majority of my day is not sun exposure it's not outdoor air and of necessity it really you really have to work hard to do something that before you didn't have to work at all to do yeah you have to you know it was our birthright to breathe outdoor air to walk barefoot to you know do all these things and now if you wanted to do half of those things you know if you wanted to go to the bathroom outside if you wanted to walk barefoot outside on a regular basis like it would take an extraordinary amount of effort to you know move to someplace you know what i mean like depending on the thing you're trying to do um so it's not necessarily a matter of con i mean it is a matter of conscious choice but what took zero effort dollars for almost all of human history now takes lots of effort dollars uh to do and that's why it's yeah it's 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 harder to kind of reclaim that biological component so gosh yeah yeah um one other notion that you'll often hear people say that i thought would be or interesting to just think about is you know there's there's this idea of like tarnishing a legacy mm-hmm. right so you know, in physics, there's not much worry about tarnishing anyone's legacy. I mean, you know, there is, and obviously there are people who like will die for the cause and you know, Einstein's always right. And Newton's always right. You know, there are, there are always these people, right. In, in any field, but, um, but very often it, it's, it's celebrated. It, it's celebrated like, Oh, 
you know, we, we have a deeper insight into the world now. Um, side note, this is one of the interesting differences between religion and science is um, newness and new ideas are, are celebrated and, uh, you know, rewarded with things like the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with, with fitness, it's it's different. So, you know, assuming the thesis that there can be no progress in fitness, you know, are we tarnishing the legacy of health and fitness that have that's basically essentially been given down to us from previous generations. Like, you know, you, you think about something like what McIntyre says about Aristotle, where like, you know, this dude came up with this really cool stuff and we adopted it for a while and then we kind of like let it go underground. And, you know, have, have we tarnished the legacy of that? Um, and how is that complicated by the fact that those very generations that we are speaking of that gave us this legacy are also the ones that tried to make it out. They are the ones who wanted the cars, the ones who wanted the washing machines. Like they wanted to make things easier because they didn't want to have the drudgery. They wanted to follow this national natural evolutionary impulse to not have to do as much work and then made this world. And yet here we are. And it's not as great as it sometimes, you know, so it's a tricky thing there. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I would also say there was there wasn't everyone. Well, you know, not everyone wanted to push towards that advancement, right? And that's right? another wrinkle. It's not yeah, because there was there was some sects sects. Uh, right. You could use the Amish as an example, right? Uh, of a as an idea around that that just wanted to hold it there. Let's <laughs> just you know just hold it there. Um, and then yeah. even us watching those documentaries were like, it would just be so cool though, right? To see the to see the young kid, um, you know, their face it, when they saw something happen on an iPhone, like it would just, it would ju- just be there to see it, you know, but that's your pleasure, right? That's your pleasure for that child to experience that. So I guess it comes back to your questioning of, of, because uh, you know where I sit on it, but I'm just kind of talking it out loud. I, I, if, if, I'm jokingly saying that, but I think I do know that it's because I just look around day to day um and see and reiterate my point that it it's not it's not really that complex um but uh but we but we but we want to we want to or i i think that we want to make it that way um but then the more and more i see like right in front of me it's not that complex yeah so yeah I just kind of, I'm just trying, I'm just like pausing to reflect, see, is there like a different angle? Is there a different, different way through? Is it the concept of talking about legacy as a topic that will, that will, uh, you know, get me there uh, to think about that? But no, I really do think that to repeat, we're at that timeline, you know, in history where uh, my opinion anyways, is that we're, we're pushing back against uh, to use, I forget who said it about, um, that that age old uh, uh, the footnotes conversation, you know. Yeah, I mean, not not much has not much has gone on in that uh, in let's call it the the this this physical expression practice that would lead me to believe that anything we have contributed is legacy is a legacy component. 
Right. That actually yeah. significantly contributed to the progress beyond what our evolutionary history was. Besides just the questioning of the, this interplay. Right. right. The the questioning. Right. Yeah. Think, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, you know, those are good and interesting points about uh, not just the Amish and, you know, I know that's just one particular example, but I think you're right. You know, when we say like, they are the ones who gave us cars, they are the ones who gave us washing machines. Uh, it was it wasn't all of them. You're absolutely right. There were, but we do have to admit that's what won out popularity wise. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't. You know, I mean, yeah. sometimes it was nefarious forces, but sometimes it was like, yeah. fuck, I don't want to, you know, r- rub my my shirt over the you know washboard another yeah. dozen dozen times. Um, so there's there's this really interesting kind of almost contradictory thing where it's like previous generations. I I, I kind of see. Well, no, maybe I won't go with that example, but. Um, you know, there's this interesting, uh, scenario where like these previous generations gave us, you know, this, this legacy and this heritage of physical expression and health and stuff like that. But there were significant portions within those generations that led to the advent of all these different things to make our lives easier. And, you know, some of them were on the extreme end and and good, like, not die from drinking bad water and not die from a bear attack. Yay. Good. Yeah. And there are others like, uh, you know, the shake weight, you know, you know what I mean? Like thing, 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 things like that. So, um, and then no matter how it happened or why it happened, we are now in this environment, whether we choose to be or not. And, you know, I think about the Amish, you know, on the one hand, there's, and I'm not saying this in particular about the Amish, but there, there, there are various different sects, whether it's, you know, um, you know, the Satmars and Judaism or other things where it's, it's kind of a rejection of modernity and, you know, worry about the corrupting influences. There are potentially good aspects to that in terms of not, you know, over-reliance on technology and things like that. And, but then there are others where it's like, wait, what, you know, uh, you, you think, the earth is a couple thousand years old and you don't have any act. The kid doesn't get to learn about anything with regard to biological science or physics or do you know what I mean? So you you get these kind of anti-intellectual things that are, uh, you can kind of see it, but it's hard. And it's like, well, you may want to stop history here, but it it, it progresses on. So um, yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. I think it's kind of the headline. Yeah. I, I, I see a, I see a break between, you know, Thomas Sowell's ideas of a utopic and tragic model. Like where, where do people start their base support of their ideas and their visions? I think it's the, I think that's what the book was called. Maybe a difference of visions or, you know, the changes in visions or the base of visions, et cetera. But, uh, you know, in, in, in current terminology, progressive, conservative, and the balance between the two. But I think I get, I get kind of, um, I just don't know how to land uh besides where I where I know I feel I land comfortably in the when it go, when it goes outside of the physical right like w- w- when you talk about ideas and thoughts by all means you know like uh, I'm definitely hey ho you know uh you know almost a you know would be would be okay with the fact. I hope this doesn't get me in trouble by saying it, but would be okay with the fact of a ragged, radical cognitive systemic enhancement of everyone uh, on on how to think better. You know, <laughs> take that for what you whatever you want as to how that radically happens. I don't know. Uh, you know, 
but when, but the physical one, I, I always have a hard time, right? I have a hard time. Um, you know, but you brought it up there, shake weight. It's like, you know, yeah, I have a, I have a I have a hard one going there. Uh, in terms of like progression, in in right. terms of the physical expression stuff, um, and what I continually keep saying, it looks like it's progression, but really, really, it's just ways of fixing uh, bad choices by people. Is that yeah. progression? You know, no, so that's right. Yeah. You know, sorry. Oh, but it made sense of that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Plato's cave analogy, I mean, it's you know the machines and the barbells and it. It's all it's all shadows to kind of deal with our current reality in a certain way. It's it's like the uh, they're 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 sh shadows of our evolutionary heritage that we we cannot really this day and age reclaim even if we wanted to, but we've got to do something. Yeah, just get uh, that's it. <laughs> you know this that's the but we just got to do something. That's the simplicity. That's the simple language of the problem, right? To my point. Uh, I used to say, I remember saying it and seeing coaches' uh, faces in front of me is like, I don't know how the context, it was generally inside of a, you know, darker hour long conversation on nutritional studies, <laughs> which I always just get dark with people. But then at the end, it's like, why don't we just shut up and get on with things? Like, just, just fucking, just get on with things, you know? Um, but again, in, in me saying that, it basically says to your point, right? Like, let's just deal with what is what is real right there. And just, 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 you know, for example, when I'm done here, I'm going to go ride the bike, right? I'm not going to contemplate for hours on the technological advancement that got me to that point and the comfort of my boots and the lighting. And, you know, it's like, just go do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you were, you were already had been contemplating here. <laughs> Touche. And you, and you can feel, I mean, I, I feel this very often, like as I'm working out, like I can feel the folly coursing through my veins. I can, I can, I can feel it like <laughs> taking over me. As Welcome I, to my life. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. What the heck? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I was saying to uh, one of our coaches, Amy is going through CCP right now. And I think we, should, we were talking about the fact that there wasn't, uh, at least as I understand the current iteration, there isn't the, uh, the fire and brimstone for a speech from you. And I'm like, is it really even CCP anymore? If you're not like <laughs> James, it is. it's Max Hedrum. The, the videos are there. I know, but that right. is that the same as like, it is. I I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is, but <laughs> I digress. Yeah. We, we looked at the bottom line and decided I had to extract myself from that conversation. Yeah. Is it even CCP? I, I wasn't I, I helping. Know. I don't, I don't know. Um, speaking about the Jamesian legacy, I thought this would be an interesting one to talk about. So even if we don't have, yeah. you know, you were saying earlier, it's kind of, you know, there may not be concrete answers here. You're still thinking about it. It's still, I think it's an interesting thing to ask and interesting questions to raise. So, you know, we talked about this with regard to artificial intelligence last time. And, you know, we said, oh, well, uh, design some workouts from James from, you know, 2007. And then we talked about, well, uh, can it distinguish between 2007 James and 2022 James? And can it understand that there's a progression and, you know, maybe you're in your fourth year of the 10 years of a uh, silence, like Kant and like maybe your critical period's coming. So th this, this notion of like who and what is your legacy, you know, uh, like from what, 
age and uh and era um you know 2007 james versus 2015 versus 2022 versus you know seven years from now yeah yeah i think uh you know, to use myself, we have to, again, think about that future non-self situation. So the year 2153, I would like it to be what I had wrote and written down as hopefully an observation of all the changes that were made in my experiences that led me to an understanding of something. I would hope that that's the, so it's the collection and the observation of the entirety of it, right? Not just the not just the uh, pre-games and then 2008 catastrophe, like not just like, eh, you know, well, there it is. That's that's all that was there, you know. Um, so I, I would like that to be it, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I also still, yeah, I still, something comes up there of, you know, yeah, the, the the idea of ego and true impact and and uh, contribution comes up in that. Meaning, maybe I do a ten years of silence and nothingness, um, but I have made more sense of things, and I come to a deep, deep, deep understanding of what is true for my own experience physically for my life. And then I bite the bullet. <laughs> so you see my, my point, you know, what legacy is that? Well, in my mind, it's a legacy component because I made sense of things in my lifetime. Right. As far as how the culture perceives that legacy, it'll only be up till, you know, to your point, you know, the recorded videos on the first CCP call of 2018, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all this stuff you're gonna listen to it's useless Bullshit. <laughs> good luck <laughs> it's all folly <laughs> that's part time what... coaches you are not helping the movement that's the that's you know what I'm saying but that that's that could be the legacy component yeah yeah no I think that's a good point and you know that gets to like uh, you know like you said pe people who die before their time but don't publish anything but maybe have come to like that final understanding of like what you know how it all fits together my uh, mentor did bernie bernie novakowski i had spent years with him and i don't know if i remember you telling you this or you remember me speaking of this but myself and murray his close friend and actually it was five years his senior um it's funny how i reflect upon that i was like i was just you know friends deep friends with guys that were like 30 five 40 years older than me fascinating like good friendships right think about that but anyways but the reflection on that was that i was telling them the whole time like dude you gotta you gotta write a book or like you gotta spread this knowledge and i even pulled them into ccp i was like you just gotta be you gotta do our life coaching you gotta teach people systems like this shit needs to the shit that you come up with that we talk about at coffee conversations that shit can't stay in your head you know what I'm saying? But just think about that. I wanted that. You know, it's like me looking over the shoulder of the Amish kid looking at the iPhone for the first time. I wanted that. That's my pleasure I got from that. So I'm, I just want us to reflect upon that, right? What is Bernie's legacy, right? 
it's now only right here. It's in my head, right? So that that's the whole thing that I get jammed on is, is it a contribution if it doesn't leave your head? Um, you know, and how many contributions have already been done? Uh, that And this is why I hold dear that idea of the physical stories are not new. There's nothing new to the physical expression story. You yeah. know, it's like, but those, those have already been done. Yeah, but there's no books on it. No one contributed. That doesn't mean people didn't make sense of this vitality model by the time they were 85 and never talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it brings up a lot of questions about like, kind of like you were saying about your own legacy, about it's not necessarily these particular propositions that you believe, but more about like the story of how you came to them throughout your lifetime. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes me think of like, you know, how, I mean, we in philosophy grad school, we tried to, um, or we asked our professors like, Hey, I, future generations have to hear this. Like, can I, can I record your stuff on an iPod, you know, somewhere open to it, some, some warrant, but you know, this question of, uh, legacy and what do you, do you want it to just be the people that you interacted with? Do you want it to be your disembodied voice, uh, going forward? Uh, even going back to Socrates and Plato, this is a famous thing where, I mean, we don't, we don't actually know what Socrates said. We just know what Plato said about Socrates, but Plato who wrote all this stuff, Socrates is famous for saying like, you lose the dynamics of conversation through the written word. You, you lose that. Even though they're all written as dialogues, you lose the dynamics. Um, so it's this interesting question about like how much or little, you know, Plato gets to speak across the ages through text, but yet how much of that legacy gets lost through, you know, without that in-person conversation. So very interesting. Gosh, for, for sure. <laughs> and I, I immediately get dark on that of think about, um, you know, working against the Socratic concept of how over time we went even thousand, a thousand years of not allowing someone else to come into the in-person conversation and say, you know, did we ever think about the fact that uh, we might, you know, spin around the sun as an example, right? Of like, oh, no, no, no. you know, so it's be, be viewed, you know, uh, Copernicus being viewed as a heretic because of that, like, you know, idea. Right. right. So that's what I get. I get dark on that. It's like, well, geez, how many of those ideas that I saw that I really do think have been in place for the physical expression thing that uh, I could still hold the, the positivity around the advent of medicine and vaccines and clean water and et cetera. I can still hold that in my hand, um, but still say, here's the physical expression, you know, that that one, you know, could go through that gives them vi a vital a vital component of this, of this life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Super. And, and it leaves, and it's sorry, it leaves something on the table there for, for a little bit of hope. That's what I call faith in my five F's of, of, uh, of thinking, which uh, I'll talk about another time on a podcast. Uh, Cause I got to get that out of me. It's that, it's that, it's the small F faith component. It's that little bit there of, us recognizing that on my previous point, we could do better. There, there is still is something more, right? Not it, We don't have to spend our entire lives being a part of the story of just fixing things. There is something inside there of 
transcendence and including, right? Transcending and including all those things, being realistic around our physical capabilities and expression, but knowing now that there is something more if we use that technological advancement as a base support, right? There's something, there's possibly something more. Right. And that's where I want people to get to. I want them to become, you know, transcendent to the idea of it, right? Like, yes, use technology, but please do understand this going into the practice of it, that we don't, we don't need to be doing it, but we can still do it, you know? And then, and I think we'll come up with, I think we'll come up with uh that's what I call faith. We'll come up with uh, something. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a really good point. Um, one other little mini point to make there, and then we'll get to that that uh, next question that I want to talk about, about like, you know, um, what happens with like followers and, you know, the collective and things like that. Um, so you were mentioning space earlier with regard to like legacy and stuff like that, as opposed to time. So last time with AI, we posed this question of, you know, that can AI distinguish between different temporal versions of James or, you know, whoever, can it sense the progression and the fact that at one point in time, it's saying one thing and the other point in time, it's saying a completely different thing. Well, let's go back just for a second and talk about the same, the same time, but different spaces. Suppose that chat GPT digests the entirety of YouTube for nutrition and fitness. How does it distinguish between the vegan channel that has 4.1 million followers and the carnivore channel that has 4.1 million followers in the paleo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. like, yeah. So this is, this is, I think another, just, just a little footnote that's related to this, that in, in legacy, that kind of goes back to our last episode that I thought I'd bring up. It's like, it can digest all that information, but now adjudicating between it and like what gets presented as the answer. Uh, you know, what's, what, what are the most nutrient dense foods? Well, plants over here, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like yeah. it's based on likes and public opinion. Right. Yeah. Something, something very interesting to think about. Yeah, for sure. And it does, it does correlate with our previous thoughts on this call of not forgetting that thing called culture, right. Inside of just how the world operates when you're asking that question, like what is right? right. Well, what year is it? <laughs> yeah. How do people learn things today? Like, don't forget to ask that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's an excellent point. And like, you know, pre chat GPT time magazine, right? I mean, the, the famous, right? Mm -hmm. So time magazine in the eighties, the uh, sad bacon and eggs face, and then 20 years hence the happy bacon and eggs face. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, magazines aren't really a thing so much anymore. I mean, they yeah. kind of exist, but like one of the magazines of record, the, the chat GPT of its day in, in a certain way where like you could look to it for what seemed to be good information now it's now it's changed. Yeah. And you're raising a good point that I just want to hit on. I discussed with some coaches yesterday. I would ask everyone to read post journalism by Andre mirror. Um, because to your point, you just mentioned there, it does integrate this idea of, um, you fall, you know, individuals falling prey to what they think is this, this, uh, opportunity for all this information but really we're we're creating more siloing of only you listening to what what you want to listen to you know that's called a, that's called post journalism it's a subscription model now of getting information from only what you want to hear so is that called freedom of 
ideas and, and information. No, it's called a siloing. To your point, you're going to get 8 million people in the vegan channel, like raw vegan channel. Let's say, let's, let's make it even, oh, yeah. you know, you know, billions of people though, in that, that to your point, some overlord has to scrape and go, well, what's the healthiest? It's the most people in the, you know what I'm saying? Right. So just, just think about that. So I read that book because it'd give you a, a, an eye-opening perspective um, when we just use that word, you know, well, the, the information is out there. Well, it's, it's hard work to, <laughs> to, to get all the information, to get to the point of the happy face, uh, bacon and eggs, right? right? Where you and I are like, whew, I'm glad we're here. I'm, I'm not doing that, you know, cause I, I'm now, I'm now seeing, oh, people are so excited and pushing that hard. They're now creating a siloing of individuals who are believing in bacon and eggs with no base support understanding as to why the sad face bacon and eggs was there. Like you have to do that knowledge. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know one can see Robbie he's not he's like yeah I know man I live in this I live this day to day with clients uh thank you yep. oh no no problem I mean yeah I mean the the keto question luckily has has died down I mean the intermittent oh. fast, I mean there, there, there all there always be the intermittent fasting and the you know is coconut oil gonna kill me you know and then it's like how many real whole food meals are you eating a week like let's let's start let's start there yes um so another question again may not have a concrete answer but just interesting to ask in relation to fitness and the notion of legacy how does the legacy you know of the fitness founder you know in this case you james uh differ from that of the disciples followers of the particular movement so carl georgia opex coaches more generally um you know we we saw with crossfit for example there was there eventually became like a massive chasm between what yeah. HQ was teaching and like the yeah. labs of the, the affiliates. And um, I think it's interesting to think about like this notion that I'd mentioned in philosophy of, you know, even if what gets perpetuated isn't the exact same as what the founder had in mind, like it's, it's the, you know, uh, Steve Jobs famously said to Tim Cook, like, don't do what I do. So like Tim Cook has done a lot of things that Steve Jobs wouldn't necessarily do, but like, there's so much of the the spirit and you know yeah. the the uh, essence of Steve within things. So just yeah, in interesting questions there about uh, you know the followers and the collective. Um, and any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, a lot of thoughts on it. Um, because I just recently talked about it yesterday, and of course I've been thinking about this every time I come into this office over the past number of years and, and not do the fire and brimstone conversation on CCP. Um, you know, I think that uh, not to use Greg Glassman, cause you did include it in the point or the, the chasm, the CrossFit chasm. Um, I think that possibly has to happen though, with this extract and uh, extraction of uh, James Fitzgerald and James Fitzgerald ideas with quote unquote, the legacy of OPEX. So something has to happen. We're, we're trying as hard as possible to, to keep everything together for that. But, uh, and I'm not uncomfortable in speaking about a break or a crack or whatever, because it's all, in my opinion, it's all forward movement. It's all forward movement around the questions and like just questioning things and making sure it's, it's best for most or it's best for, you know, 
best for for the idea to, to like keep moving right and in language to make it short so we can move on it's it, it is that crack between um you know the 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 knowledge gained from a from a young person in school uh around how to take care of themselves for the rest of their lives and where does that leave the disciples and followers of the current movement yeah you know so there there's the break it's autonomy versus dependency and you know so legacy i don't know robbie it's just just predictions i could i could predict um i would this is what i would love to predict if it happen is everyone inside of that what you used words as disciples and followers benefit from the automated automated you know uh automated autonomous function of coach rx to the public i would love somehow for everyone to benefit from that movement in which you know underneath the headings yes you could put a couple of connect the dots there no such thing as ccp no such thing as as the fitness coaching education you know i'm saying yeah connect all the dots don't be afraid to do it just in thought right um and then say you know where, where does that land everyone well i don't know but i would hope that that would be that would be my hope you know that the public you know that that again use the example that child in grade 8 is taught in schools across america you know now it's time for you guys to get connected to your online coach you know and inside of it is all the reminders and everything of like vitality and physical expression etc should you choose to do it <laughs> just just in case you weren't getting crazy on me with north korea there uh, should you choose to do it it's right there it's right there and we've got lots of evidence to show that when people do this because they're capable and they do it because it helps them it helps you like do all these things in your future right become the best the best influencer on the newest form of uh black tube <laughs> in 10 years <laughs> black pill tube uh white tube <laughs> it used to be oh, called boy. youtube <laughs> Someone is um, going to extract those. <laughs> we called it they tube. Ooh, they -tube. that's even deeper. They tube. Um, yeah. So that's what that's what I would hope uh, happens. Uh, because the other options, you know, is are not are not that fun to discuss, right? Uh, of the energy that goes into keeping the coach client thing happening, and the education of the coach, right, and the marketing to the client to just like keep that happening while there's still one person connected. Who's like that whole thing. The whole thing is just, is just, is just not creating forward momentum. And remembering that only in that one person's opinion, but you asked it, right? Cause that is a, that's the, that's the James. And that's the, the people who followed the idea of that. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, there's no way to know for certain how it's going to turn out. But I think when people ask you, like, what do you want your legacy to be? That's usually what they're, you know, in terms of like you you said, this is how you would envision it. And now I now I think of almost the uh the ending of the dark night where um Lucius is blowing up the uh the sonar thing. And I, you know, it's James coordinating like every CCP coach across the globe is like 
<laughs> blowing up their uh their, their code codecs. Yeah. <laughs> their, their practices. Yeah. You're the one that said it. <laughs> Actually, you're the one who said it. I just gave a visual to oh, it. Oh no, come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm laughing because uh, it's not like I haven't thought about that. Like, you know, because you just your brain just goes to like, well, what's the what's the quickest answers? It's just, you know, we're humans. We're like, we want that to evolve the 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 story that we have in our mind. We're like, well, what you know, I don't have the patience. So I want to evolve it as fast as possible. Well, how do you do that? Well, you you could just like press the press the button. You guys better come up with some really good um like Apple Pay sounds. Like if you really want to get people going, you got you gotta you gotta have that dopamine hit. Yeah. You gotta have that, like ching. Yeah. Well, I think an interesting moment in that to to let's let's recollect on a, an interesting moment in in pre-COVID to the start of COVID times where I don't know if you remember, we were doing like seemed like public service announcements, uh, you know, being the being the uh the influential group out there of this digital space and fitness education. Everyone's like, what should we do? What should we do? And um, I shouldn't say it in that terms because I know everyone was, there was a lot of concern for a lot of people, but anyways, I hope you can understand the humor inside of it from my perspective of, you know, just, just taking a pause second, reflect going like, we're, we're all freaking out. Like a lot of people were freaking out. Right. And, and I just, continue to start at answer those questions or ask those questions during that initial starting point is like, let's just pause and reflect on what really matters out after the fact that like, well, why are we really freaking out? Cause there was something in there that people, that people it uh, let's call it, I don't want to use the terminology of pills, but there was a certain pill that, that fast tracked people's brains to the concept of autonomy because that happened, you know, because that happened. So I'm just reflecting back upon our topic today and legacy component of maybe some people again, will look back and go, well, during those times, and we have recorded video of it, you know, these were the people who asked this question, right? Don't forget to think about this concept of what you have in place for the choices you make to strengthen your resilience and to strengthen your immune system and to strength just to strengthen yourself right you have the keys to doing this right it doesn't mean you're going to absolutely score so high that's going to ward off all these things but you at least have there's something in there right and let's think about that as being the most important thing right now you know so anyways i just uh I was just reflecting upon that based upon, you know, the timelines and the legacy of it. I hope, I hope people look back and say that. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a good point. Um, so we do have a few other questions, but I want to check in. Uh, how are you doing on time? You want to push these to the next episode? You want to, uh, I mean, we, we've answered a lot of them kind of. Yeah, let's the, see here. Um Yeah, will the fitness profession of the future be like philosophy, where in every age and era, how we blend together our ancestral fitness and health past with our current way of living will need to be reinterpreted? I, I, I yeah, I mean, I, I kind of lean on the side of yeah, that's 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 the thing now is like that's that's the contribution is, um, the environment again in a way that we have no 
individual control over has now irreparably been altered. Yep. Barring you joining some sort of kibbutz or something like that. Like here it is. Yeah. We exist in this world and the same way philosophy needs to reinterpret like what constitutes piracy and stealing yeah. and truth. Like in, in the, yes. I think the fitness profession today is now like, how do we do the things that we know evolutionarily we need to do yeah. in this modern world? And, you know, at least as long as the human organism exists in its current form, figure that out. Yeah. We need more question and answer period <laughs> and longer conversations in which yeah. I would agree with you. We're saying the same thing. So I agree as well. Uh, we yeah. need that. We need, we need uh, that thinking, but we don't only really need that thinking more importantly, I hope you heard it in my point that I was making on people just getting siloed, right? Is we need more on what we said in the pre-call on how to think about these things, not only how to get into Q&A periods. You know, we meet, we need more, you know, I guess versions of um, firing line or, uh, you know, with, with, with lots of different thoughts and everyone listening into that. You know, um, and I I call that which you 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 may call it that, but I call that the the collective philosophical project, right? We need to continue to ask questions at the same time, because uh, the philosopher has the best tools inside of them to understand also what reality is. You know, like it's, it's, no, 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 so people don't think it's not just robes and like you know sitting on rocks amongst ten people. No, honestly, you, you giggle, but a lot of people think of that yeah, as yeah. a philosophical uh, idea or project. They don't think it's like you know someone actually lifting weights and uh, and and coming up with ideas in between sets, right? That's the modern philosopher, right? Um, and so I think we need more of that. And why, of course, the lifting weights? Because it's the it's the current truth that has stood the test of time. Yeah, uh, on the base support of to your, I would agree with you. Continue to ask more questions. Continue to teach people, you know, how to think about these things and have those conversations, as opposed to what to think about those things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'll agree yeah. with that. Um, yeah. And then I guess for these other ones, you know, just asking broader questions about like, what is, you know, what's the legacy of the fitness individual, you know, uh, this idea of like creating kind of like we were talking about pre-call, like, uh, you know, what parents can teach their children about physical expression and health. Um, you know, um, is it, is it really just, you know, just like with finances, just teaching them the basics of like, Hey, here's, here's how we should physically express and here's what we should eat. And we should go to bed on time to have good thoughts and you know, that, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, that brings us over, you know, to our previous conversations on liberties and, and freedoms and, um, and choice and, and things like that. But, uh, if there's anything that I think we could just or I would I would make a recommendation on is to um, uh, really think about uh, the young the young uh, just to create an avatar so people could think about you know changing timelines is the young prepubescent uh, person and you know how they come to understand the importance of who they really are 
and their physical capabilities at the current time and you know what they have in front of them as a possibilities of expression for this physical like the owner ownership of that physical body but the the wonderment and the the excitement around how they could physically express you know and do it and embed all those ideas around that um i think that to your point on like legacy of individual fitness expression if we were to pick one area one time and like reduce it down 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 down, down to one group it's that group that could really fundamentally change a lot of things they would turn into role models they would turn into people that have this embedded like you know i always talk about it as this humorous like you know they're they're 30 and someone's like why are you walking you know, how many calories are you burning? Right. And they're like, because James what? said so. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right. Go try. They're, they're, they're like, they're like, I don't know. You know, like they really do. They really don't know. And this, I hope you picked it up on my podcast on that. Right. Is like asking Rich Froning, how did you know that you want the CrossFit games? Right. He's like, he doesn't know. Do you see like that? Sorry, I went too deep on that one for anyone who didn't listen to that. But yeah, it, it's it, let's stop worrying about if they actually do know. You know, they, they but they're just practicing it. I just I don't I don't know. I just do it every day. And this is what I've done. And this I feel good. I have all these great thoughts. I come up with these ideas. Look at this idea I came up with. See that like that that all, you know, how did that happen? I don't know. I just walk and I do this tough resistance, eh, you know, sorry. So that, that's, I would hope the, that, you know, the idea of what I just proposed there for the, the impact of an individual for the longest lasting legacy, it would be that group, the minds of that particular. And the reason I picked that age for a particular reason, right. Of like the brain capabilities of growth and the, the, onslaught of opportunity for knowledge and what you know etc sorry no it's okay i mean yeah i mean in a lot of ways you could say that i mean since this is the legacy episode like the the fitness individual could be like the unit by which you know that that you know you're talking about how legacy could be really transformative going forward through these different individuals so maybe that's the best way to think about um yeah, the how the legacy. Or I was just proposing another way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um all right. Let's let's uh let's recap. Let's uh so you know, we start out off talking about this is the first episode of an official song pairing. If you haven't heard Jay-Z's legacy, go check that out. But it will uh, happen on and on. I I, I will try. Maybe on and on till the break of dawn. Yeah, may need some collaborative uh help and then YouTube will uh well, I guess we're not playing the song. There was that one time where I tried to play Freak on a Leash and it was like, do you want Muzak instead? I know. Um, yeah. No, it's not the same effect. No. Well, let people do the work. Yeah. Right? Chat GPT, how do I get around YouTube's uh, content <laughs> restrictions for music? <laughs> I am not allowed to answer. Um, we talked about legacy and philosophy, you know, uh, questions of legacy surrounding. Legacy you know, of philosophy. Right. In terms of like the history of ideas and how yeah. philosophy itself grapples with legacies of different social, cultural, economic, historical ideas. Uh, the Alfred North Whitehead quote that very, you know, it, it 
it's about Plato and philosophy, but it, it bears pretty directly on what we were, we've been talking about with fitness and health. The idea that, you know, all of European philosophical tradition is a series of footnotes to Plato where, you know, the fitness and health tradition, everything we see today, whether it's, you know, Peloton or athletic greens is a series of footnotes to the evolutionary tradition or the evolutionary, um, uh, sort of history of, of the human organism. Um, we talked about, you know, what happens uh, after you die in terms of your followers and uh, people who are inheritors of your legacy and what happens within your own life when you have different views um, on, you know, the same the same topic. Uh, we talked a bit about Kant and his his legacy. And then, yeah, at the end, just discussed different questions about, um, you know, are we currently tarnishing the legacy of fitness and health that we've been bequeathed um what's the role of fitness coaches today is it really just to interpret and constantly reinterpret how we can get as close as we can to those evolutionary principles in the modern world and then obviously the uh the opexian question of uh you know 2000 say 2007 james versus 2030 james and what happens to the movement long term yeah uh i thanks for that recap i appreciated uh your uh injection uh of Kant into the picture. I, I think that's uh not only gives you um you know um uh, you're not only specialized in that particular thing, but it does it does offer uh a deeper understanding um inside of what we do here for fitness and philosophy. So I just want to do a reappreciation uh for that. Uh, I learned, uh, how to look at that particular word legacy in a new light, which I'm appreciative of, uh, from today of, you know, as I mentioned, I won't rehash it, but the, the ego aspect of it versus, you know, just, just doing it and being okay to just being along for the ride and things are going to take care of themselves anyways. Right. The, you know, and that ties into my final point on the question you didn't ask, but to summarize the whole thing. Um, I just do think that we're at a point in time where, you know, more of us just have to be okay with that of just being along for the ride, but do not tell me that it's not at a peak of something of an awareness or a realization of what to do. Um, and I think we, we are, we would love to have, I would love to have anyways, a part of that philosophical project of questioning, well, what do we do about that? You know, what do we do about that when you've come to that realization that the physical expression is really important? And yeah, for sure, you've got legacy of that physical expression. <laughs> but you have iPhones and porcelain toilets. Right. So what do you do? So, um, yeah, so I, I really appreciated that. I also, you know, took uh, I have to get into some Alfred North Whitehead readings if you don't mind sending me a text on maybe a starting point to that outside of a wiki article um and i'm happy about the fact that even for a couple of days now i've seen this theme in my conversations with people of where their visions start and come from that uh that really does not all the time it's not huge demarcation but it certainly extracts people into this tragic versus utopic you know, vision of things. Um, and that certainly is not a fault. It's just, it's just understanding how it leads them into thinking about particular topics. 
So I just said that out of my head for my own purpose and reason, but also um, I can't go without saying it because it, it has been in my conversation over the past couple of days. So thank you for that. And uh, I look forward to our next iteration of fitness. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, that was uh, yeah, a bunch of things I learned and thought about a new, I mean, I think one of them was, uh, you know, I think in so many different fields, people think of legacy as like some new forward progress or something like that. Um, but sometimes legacy can be just, you know, uh, relearning what was, has already been discovered and just applying it to the modern world. And then, yeah, I think I even got deeper answers to, uh, you know, what we talked about with AI last time and the chat GPT things in terms of like what one's legacy is both temporally and spatially. And the more, the more we, I mean, who, who knows, who knows in, in 10 years, we could be, you know, uh, thinking that uh, what we thought about chat GPT today was naive, but like the more I think about like what stuff like that actually delivers, the more I'm like, yeah, just, just quicker forms of Google, just quicker That's forms right. of Google. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just, uh, and again, I don't, I'm not sure if you, you know, to, to keep going on that point, I'm just don't know if we're capable of understanding that the context of just speed, like we're, we're like, Oh, it's faster. It's like, wow. You know, it's like, well, it's just faster. <laughs> There's still not the critical thinking aspect to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. There's still something that you and I are sensitive to that it's not, it's not getting. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks, James.